This is an AMI podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Accessing Art with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Amanti. My pronouns are she, her. I love, I love, I love meeting new artists. It's one of my favorite things. And I would say for me, one of the silver linings of the pandemic experience has been the ability to connect with artists from all over the world and to learn from them more about the disability arts movement. Each person has offered a little bit of a taste of what that means to them. And as I listen to them, I get to develop more and more of a taste of what it means for me as an artist as well. I connected with Isabel through the pandemic experience. She's a fellow member of the Blind Low Vision community, and she joins us from her home today in New Brunswick. My name is Isabel Voutour, and I'm a visual artist, and I live with legal blindness and chronic pain. Isabel, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day to, you know, to spend some time with us. You said that you're a visual artist and you live with legal blindness, and this all of a sudden gets my attention. So tell me a little bit about that intersection. Yeah, so I have some sight. Um, I can't see color, and I'm very light sensitive. So um, if uh, there's a lot of light in the room, I don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get you. <laughs> and uh, I have like 20 over 200, something like that. Anyway, I label all my colors and I um, try to focus more on the the concept of the artwork and how it feels to make the artwork um, of course I mean a visual artist so I do focus on the visuals but I try not to be so uh, detailed about it so visual art is a lot of different things and means a lot of different things to different people so for you uh, what's the medium of visual art that you're practicing Currently, it's puppetry. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah. So in the, but I have practice sculpture, a uh, f- little bit of mixing photography, some painting, and installation work in the past year. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't even know where to start. There are so many different, <laughs> so many different places to start there. So I'm curious about your installation work, and selfishly, I'm curious about it because. I am also embarking on, uh, on, a, on a new artistic adventure adventure of my own. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, into, yeah, into this idea of installation. So let's maybe start there because I know, you know, we can talk about painting and puppetry and maybe we can touch on that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just jump in with the installation work. What kind of things were you doing this last year? So this year I was invited to um, the Fredericton Botanical Garden residency. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically the uh, landscape of the garden was my my spot to make an installation. So it was like an outdoor, outdoor thing. And uh, because it was outdoor, I thought, okay, well, what if I used recycled materials to, you know, because usually recycled materials is stuff that you're not, it's not precious, you know, so it can be right. outside. And it was great because people would come to me with their things. So I didn't have to lug a bunch of supplies. I mean, I did, but. Oh, okay. Go go back for a second there. So you invited just people from the community to bring in recycled objects. Yeah. So I, um, I am also part of an ecological art practice as well. So I tried to make my art practice um, eco-friendly and uh, I'm, I'm with a group and I, stumbled upon a person in my city who like I can ask her oh I'm looking for say hula hoops or I'm looking for this can you 
find that for me and then she'll she'll bring it if she does sort of thing mm -hmm. um, so that was fantastic and then of course i just kind of put it out there and then people would uh yeah come on drop on by because the garden is like a beautiful place to be so yeah Okay, so you had a residency in the botanical gardens. Yeah. Um, for folks who don't know what a residency is or even what an yeah. installation is, sure. maybe you can just yeah. unpack those. Yeah, so residency is uh, just basically a period of time. Uh, in this case, this was two weeks of making art and getting paid for it. <laughs> so nice. it's, it's not... Um, residencies are nice to do experimentations. So you don't have to do like a Phoenix product. You're not expected to sell them. Um, you're already getting paid to do the work. So installation, in my mind, was the perfect opportunity to, to try that um, because, uh, yeah, it, it, usually people don't sell their installations <laughs> or lifted. Well, I don't know about it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that one of the things I find interesting about what you're sharing is this idea that it's more about the process than the product. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really nice. And there's a lot of um, artistic residencies that are happening that I hear about all over the place. Different arts companies and different museums mm -hmm. and galleries offer them um, that are, are more about now the process than the product. We want to watch people doing something as opposed to just seeing what the finish. The, more about the journey than the destination, I guess. Right. Yeah. So um, a lot of art, uh, when, when you start in art, a lot of it's about like, oh, you want to make it look as realistic as possible. Right. So you're just basically trying to copy whatever you see. Right? And mm. as as I progressed in my art journey, I'm kind of like, OK, I don't like that's not interesting to me. Like the concept yeah. behind the work is more interesting. Like what is the idea you're trying to share with people? Yeah. And how are you communicating that visually or how are you communicating that through your storytelling or, you know, whatever your medium is. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, and I like to focus on, you know, disability arts. I think it's important to use like kind of the activism -y side of the art practice. Mm -hmm. um, I don't always do that. Um, I certainly have some artwork that has kind of, little to do with that but um, it's in the back of my mind and I'm like okay how can I infuse that in there you know how can I and I'm always thinking about like what's a clever way to kind of subtly hint at something and make people think like oh I've never thought about disability in that way before and I'm like that's what I'm that's like that's my goal uh, for, for this residency and some of the other things that I do. I think that's so interesting to me Isabel because one of the things I think about as an artist is, again, the disability justice piece, my lived experience piece, all of that. And what the what the I guess what the what the boundary is between um, educator activism and art is right. Mm -hmm. And what time to add what ingredients to what project. And um, one, one of the projects I'm working on now, the, uh, the co-creators, I said, they said, well, how much art and how much activism and how much education? I said, well, I can't actually separate those things no. yeah. from who I am. So it's going to come out however it's going to come out, mm -hmm. um, which is so interesting. So thank you for, sh for sharing that. Tell me about some of the things that you created in this particular installation. One of them was, uh, <laughs> I, I got, for example, a hula hoop and a lot of different fabrics. Mm -hmm. And then um, I decided to hang it off the tree, um, put the fabrics on so they're like draped and it kind of looks like um, those silk uh, hammock things, you know, like the people who do yoga in a silk hammock. I don't know if you... Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, and then that made me think of like Erin Ball, who does. Um, Love Erin uh, Ball. She's been right? on this podcast before. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Well, look, scroll down and then look Erin Ball and you can learn all about that. But it, it was kind of like a hint to her. So a nod to her, I should say. So then I put, uh, I, I found a doll. I took its legs out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I hung the legs because she's got these little leg earrings and it cracks me up. I think it's hilarious because she's a double legged amputee and then she wears a little legs on her ears. So I kind of created a, a installation. So it kind of looks like a, a wind catcher kind of sort of. Oh, thing. okay. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it moves, right? Because the wind, you know, and the fabric and it flows and it, you know, um, so that was one of the things, uh, somebody donated a tent that was fairly usable. Um, and I got some balloons. I put some, um, like masks in there. I put some confetti. I put, you know, like a celebration because, uh, this was in July and July is disability pride month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put different things like canes and, and, you know, like, um, what are they called? Assistive tools in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found, uh, uh, what's it called? An ornament that says disability pride on it. And I bought it nice. on Amazon and I put it in the tent. <laughs> Cause I was like, so- I didn't know how to communicate disability pride, but that's what came to mind, <laughs> you know? So it was all about like trying to figure out, okay, what can I do with this stuff? Cause like it's recycled, right? So it's like, what, what's the link between recycled materials because it's like discarded it's like away from society or whatever and then yeah, the, yeah. There's some overlap with disabilities like well okay it's broken so i don't want it it's like interesting yeah, that could stigmatization it be useful to you could this be packaged in a different way like why is that a thing you know so mm-hmm. know. yeah there's a couple other folks that i know persimmon blackbridge here and on the west coast is fantastic with the ability to use found objects from, you know, things that wash up on the beach and all sorts of cool stuff um, to talk just exactly what, what you're saying, which is we look at this stuff as garbage and as useless and a waste of our time and, and, and how folks often have looked at the disability experience in that same way. And how do we like deconstruct that learning? Right. Yeah. And it's like part of the reason that I do is because I want to hear about that. Like I I want to hear about your project. I want to hear about Persimmon's project. Like I want to, it's like I want to attract that to me um so that's because I just find that so interesting yeah I I, I'm the same I I look to other artists who have a disability experience I should say and who are doing different art practices and art forms because I I learn from you all by experiencing what it is that you all are doing and I think that makes us all better as humans but also as artists right it's like we have a connection to each other whether we are in the same region or not Um, there's something interesting about that yeah, I mean, we're like the largest minority, but the problem is like other minorities are usually grouped together and we're spread, we're spread out. Right? Yeah. So um, we've got like these similar experiences that, uh, that, and then we're usually isolated. We're like usually the, well, and I should say that, but like I grew up in a very small uh, hamlet. <laughs> so I was definitely the only uh, blind person at my school. Right. <laughs> and it's like the celeb, you feel like a little celebrity. Like everybody knows that you're the blind kid at the school. And like mm-hmm. people like outside my grade or so- their mom would know who I am, but I don't know who they are. They've never talked to me. We're not friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've never invited me out anywhere, but they're like, Hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, who are you? Like, what? Yeah. There's no, no place for anonymity. <laughs> it's um, so weird. Yeah. In, in a, in a small town like that. 
So, you know, it's like your identity comes with a story. So why not change the story? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, what if I change the baggage that I, that disability comes with, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's playing around well, with it, fooling around with it. And, and with that, that idea of fooling around with that, what was it that you were trying to impart on the people that were coming through the botanical gardens to experience this installation? Well, one thing that I thought that was really interesting is that while, because uh, I was doing it outside, it was like during a heat wave, I did have like a little, um, a little, uh, kind of like a little shed, but it was like just hotter in the shed. And I was like, huh. it's nice and dark in that shed, you know, for, for my eye condition. So I tried but it's, to, also, it's also a sauna. Yeah. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, no, thank you. So <laughs> I found a tree, uh, kind of shaded and, uh, I was out there and, uh, I had a friend, uh, come by, uh, because she was like, she also has a disability and was like, oh, what are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't, you know, every day, part of the insulate, like part of the residency, you have to kind of interact with the public all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm constantly posting on, on Facebook, like, Oh, I'm doing this today. You know, come on over the garden's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, people would come and help out. It was awesome. <laughs> like, like they would not only just drop off stuff, but they would be like, what are you doing? And can I help? And this was great. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they were helping because they knew that I had a disability and they just wanted help or this was the excitement of the project or, you know, like community were- art. It was cool. Like, I really enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, And like, there's certain things that I can't do. Like, uh, sewing is not a skill set that I have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if I wanted to, I don't think it's physically possible for me to try a tiny little needle into a tiny little hole that I can't see. So somebody like I was, you know, pasting a bunch of... um, my plan was to glue a bunch of different fabrics into a mosaic kind of, mm-hmm. and it would be a tactile painting. So I had like silk, I had like plush, I had like different fabrics. And so if you would feel it, you could feel the, all the different ones and it would, you know, felt nice to touch. And it's like, you know, I, I was just going to glue it on a piece of <laughs> like wood. And she's like, no, no, I'll sew it. And then we could put it on a thing. And I was like, oh yeah, like this collaboration is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And I love how it's, it helps people who don't have, you know, the, the disability. Sometimes you need to help, you need help, right? You need assistance. Um, and here in Canada, we don't, it doesn't seem like we have the concept of creative enablers like they do in England where people like help you to kind of enact your idea if you're not, capable of doing it yeah and i and i know there's a lot of artists with disabilities and maybe you can share whether you feel this resonates that felt kind of stigmatized that they you know air quotes couldn't do part of what they wanted to do because of disability Mm. um and i felt like that a little bit at one point in my my artistic practice where i thought okay if i can't do this then i probably shouldn't because then i'm not the artist somebody else becomes the artist all of those all of those things that run around in my head and then Somebody said to me, well, you know, like the Sistine Chapel wasn't actually painted by one painter. No. Right. And you and you start to realize that throughout history, like there have been teams of apprentice painters um, and, and, and people to help assemble art. And so how is this any different? Yeah. And it's like, I came from, like, I've also done uh, improv uh, theater Mm -hmm. uh, for a good 10 years, actually. And so I'm, I'm always, I always have that like hive mind that like, I want to collaborate. I have half of an idea and I'm sure somebody else has like a quarter of an idea and another half here. And and then if we just put it together, it becomes a full idea. And I just, I love that. It's so 
great. And I feel like a lot of artists, uh, traditional anyway, like you, you think artists and residents, you think a painter sitting on, a, you know, in a near a table painting, like that's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's isolated. And you're like, why not? Why couldn't it be if a couple people doing a thing share, you know? I, I too love collaboration and you and I are on the opposite end, ends of, of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but one day maybe we'll find each other in the same space and we'll be able to collaborate on something. We might be able to collaborate virtually. You never know. Ooh, never know, that, sounds never like, know. that sounds like a task in and of itself. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, the thing with the puppets, I'm trying to, that's yeah. my goal. Yeah. I figured you were going to ask about that. I, I was absolutely going right there. What, what is this thing with the puppets? How cool. <laughs> So uh, I'd like to, It's I guess it's part of my art practice to constantly try new mediums, new things. It, it just invigorates me. I just really like learning. Yes. Um, and I I noticed that I wanted to communicate better as an artist. Like I, like I love the concept, like I was saying before. So I'm like, wouldn't storytelling help? So I decided, I saw, was it Real Wheels Theater had a playwriting circle? So I applied we for did. it. We did. I say we, I'm the president of the board of Real Wheels Theater. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes. And Sam had puppetry in their reading. That's correct. Go, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So um, so I was like, okay, but I've never actually written a play before, but I do have background in, in improv. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, so I applied and they accepted me. And uh, people are in that group is amazing. Like, I'm super excited to, to be part of it. Um, and then I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I, I definitely learned a lot, but it's definitely a short period of time to try to write a whole play. For um, sure. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but I'm, my idea was to have puppets that have disabilities. So the, the physical puppet would be visually, like you could tell that it had a disability and some of them, mm-hmm. you know, of course wouldn't because some of them are invisible, right? Or most of the disabilities are invisible. But the idea was like, okay, let's say you have a bunch of actors spread out all over Canada and you wanted them to act um, together. Like, what if um, they were like voice actors and then the puppets, you know, you would have an online thing and all the puppets would be in the same room and all they would have to do is come in and voice their thing and get paid somehow. Oh, how interesting is that? So that was my idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know how to execute it. And then I mm-hmm. heard that Real Wheels had a dramaturge. And I'm like, I would love to speak with a dramaturge to see how that would work. Like, maybe I could rent the puppets to somebody for a play or I don't know. Like, my wheels were just spinning. And then I was like, okay, I need to, you know, see that happen. Have to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> explore that. Yeah. Because I was doing installation and a lot of it was sculptural and puppets is not that much of a stretch, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. What's the process of building a puppet? Have you have you had the opportunity to do that? Yeah. So I got myself a mentor um, who has done this before, um, and we um, there, there's different ways of doing it. So these are more like fabric based puppets. Um, so uh, some of the, <laughs> I tried a few different ones. So one of them is like a foam ball, and then I put clay on it, and then I drape a piece of fabric on top like a sticky thing and then there's painting and then there's assemblages of clothes. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, you can either put it on strings or not. Like a marionette? Yeah, like a marionette. Or you can kind of make it a hand puppet uh, depending on, you know, what you want it to do. So mm-hmm. um, one of the ideas that I had, which I st- still haven't executed it yet, but it's, it's it's in the old brain and hopefully it will come out sometime this week where... I want to have like a puppet where it um, 
you wear it. It's like a wearable puppet. Uh, wow. So then if you know how to sign, you, you know ASL, then your hands would be free to sign, but you would still be in a puppet. Right. Because all the other things are puppets, so it would match. I don't know. But then it would be much bigger than the other little puppets. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you were talking about maybe puppets representing disability in some way. Yeah. And disability comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes exactly. and experiences. So yeah. that seems like that resonates. It, yeah, like it matches in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, all the puppets that I've made so far quite different because they're made of different things. Like one of them, I took a fabric doll and then I modified it. So that's you know, I ripped some of the things out. I put other things on, you know, then it becomes, you can't tell that that's the same doll. Right. I mean, copyright, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so then that was a much quicker way to make a puppet. Like that would, that would be a shortcut for somebody to do, right. to oh, do it so easy. easily. And where do you get the materials for these things? Are you like visiting thrift stores or asking friends and neighbors or? Well, this was quite simple because I, I, I got a mentorship. So we have like art or an art or organization uh in my province um for acadian artists and mm -hmm. uh so i um i i signed up for one and she kind of got a bunch of material because she's done it before so she kind of got you know corralled them all together and then i played with it and uh she got paid of course for for her time and uh, i got a free workshop or two-day workshop out of it so very cool yeah. So is this the project uh, for 2023 then is to do more exploratory work with puppetry and storytelling? Yeah, it's part of it for sure. <laughs> Anything else coming up in 2023 for you? Likely another uh, exhibition in the works because I, I just hosted one in the, in the fall or hosted two in the fall. So um, usually you try to, you know, have your solo show in different places if that's possible. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm trying to slow down a little bit because last year was kind of insane. <laughs> I had way too many things on the go. Like I took a muralist training. I was traveling from place to place to place um, doing these installation, like art festival things. Like there was too much, too much. You know, you say too much, but really like it's an exciting time for artists. And I think it's a really exciting time for artists that identify with disability um, and I, I wonder, Isabel, if you have like a nugget of advice that you would give somebody who lives with a disability, who's like, well, I'm not really an artist, you know, like, how would you encourage somebody to start if they were interested? Oh, well, um, I'm uh, in my province in New Brunswick, I run or made up the New Brunswick uh, Disability Arts Collective. So mm -hmm. um, what I do is I have like, a, on my website, I have like a space to put like these profiles of artists. So just like their photo, a few images of their work, a little bio links to where they can find them sort of thing. So just, I'm just collecting more and more people so we can find each other because wow. uh, it was like, Oh, other people are doing that. Oh, you know, and then you can kind of see like um, what, what other people are doing because yeah. uh, it's like, okay, you know, like, people say like, Oh, it's not that good. But like, what are you comparing yourself to? It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like a, a person who, um, who, who's doing a couch to 5k going, well, it's not like I'm running a marathon. It's like, no, you're in a couch to fight, like stay in your lane. <laughs> well, and not only that, like who says that you have to go to art school and be classically trained to be an artist? Yeah, I certainly didn't. <laughs> right. I didn't either. So there's all sorts of value in an artistic expression and it doesn't have to come with a degree of any kind. Yeah. 
Yeah, in fact, uh, I went, uh, one of the schools, Craft College here recruited me to to talk to their students. And I'm like, me? I'm like, I'm not an alumni, just to let you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We want you to talk about entrepreneurship because like our students are like, you know, they came in with all this zest for art. And now because they've been crafting and learning a bunch of things, they kind of feel like lost and they don't know how to market themselves. And we, we mm-hmm. saw that you can, you know, motivate them with that. I'm like thinking... Okay, great. <laughs> sounds like sounds like somebody needs to develop a workshop where artists can take in terms of how to market themselves. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that exists already, though. <laughs> ah, yeah. But there's always room for more, Isabel. There's always room for more. Yes, come to me. Come to me and give me your money and I will take <laughs> Isabel, I, I hear that sound. Okay. And um, I want to transition into playing the mixed bag. I could talk to you forever about this. And you know, I've had a lot of conversations offline about your work. So I'm just so excited about what you're doing next. But are you willing to play some mixed bag with me? Do it. Let's do the game. All right. You're going to get 30 seconds to answer up to three random questions that I have pulled from my mixed bag. There are no right or wrong answers. Just, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. What is it that comes to your mind when I ask, what was the name of your first pet? Oh, Frisky. Frisky. Oh, that's such a common pet name. What what kind of pet was Frisky? (laughs) Frisky was definitely a cad dog. He had more than one home. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I'm sure I had a cat when I was younger, but I, I don't remember what the cat's name was. And your last question quickly is, uh, did you re-gift anything this holiday season? Sure did. Sure did. And you want to share what you re-gifted or like somebody no. going to listen to this podcast and be like, no, Hi. no. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll end it there, Isabel. No problem. Um, how about this gift to our listeners? Where can we find you on the www? I have a website called creatingaccess.org and you can find me on the like creating access at like Facebook and all the all the other social medias that should be uh, should be on there creatingaccess.org love it mm-hmm. thank you so much my friend for joining me on the podcast i look forward to learning more about what you're going to do in 2023 yeah me too Well, we've said goodbye to Isabel, but before I say goodbye to you, I want to share with you this quote from the National Endowment of the Arts website. Not every mind or body will experience art the same way, but every mind and body is entitled to the experience. Thanks for listening to Accessing Art with Amy. This podcast is produced by me, Amy Amanti, on the unceded traditional territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Peoples. This is colonially known as Vancouver, British Columbia. The technical producer of this podcast is Jacob Shymansky, and the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Friends, we love to hear your feedback. Perhaps you're an artist or you know an artist that lives with a disability. Please send us messages at any time. You can reach out to us by phone at one 866 509-4545 or by email at feedback at ami.ca. Thanks again to my guest today, Isabel Bortour. Keep exploring. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.